He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Friday morning in the Hill Country. It's the beginning of a three-day weekend. Yes, if you didn't know that, we had yet one more federal holiday. You know, the two countries in the world with the most holidays, one of them is Colombia, and I'm trying to think, I think the other one is Italy. It's either Italy or Greece. I think it's Italy. Have more three-day weekends than any other uh, countries, more national holidays than any other countries in the world. And so, yeah, we're, we're not even in the top of the list as many three-day weekends, federal holidays as we get. We're not even really at the, uh, we're not even at the top of the list in uh, Colombia. And I mentioned Colombia quite often because I lived there for three years. I lived in Bogota, in Bogota, Colombia, during uh, the height of uh, uh, one of their uh, drug wars in the late 80s and early 90s. And um, there is uh, going to the fact that they have the either the most or the second most three-day weekends of any country in the world. Uh, they even have a name for them. Uh, they're called a puente. A puente. Now, those of you who speak Spanish know that uh, the word puente means bridge. Um, and uh, But a three-day weekend in Colombia was called a puente. It'd be fun if we have any friends from other uh, Latin countries, if I have any friends. Um, uh, I know that uh, my, my Mexican friends, when I uh, speak my Colombian Spanish to them and uh, Colombian greetings and things like that, they're... They get a good chuckle out of it because um, Mexican and Colombian is about has as much as common as uh, someone from the Kennedy family in uh, in in Martha's Vineyard uh, speaking with someone from a cotton farm in Alabama. All right, they're both speaking English, but the length, the terms, and the pronunciation and the ideas, uh, you know, those are all changed. And uh, so, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to know if any of uh, if we have any friends out there uh, from Mexico or from Guatemala or any of these other countries that I know. Uh, you know, let me know if puente is a term that's used uh, throughout other Latin American countries. But anyway, we have a puente this weekend, and uh, Monday is a federal holiday, Juneteenth, and so. I imagine, like any other three-day weekends, that um, it's going to kind of uh, get crowded here in the Hill Country. So in case, just in case I don't remember um, later on in the program, I want you to please be nice to the tourists. Just be nice to the tourists. For crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. They want to come down here and spend their puente in the Hill Country, then by golly, welcome them in, and uh, if you're a capitalist, and uh, then figure out a way to provide a product or a service that they either want or need, and um, 
be a capitalist, make some money off of the folks that come here on the weekends. And so welcome them in, be nice. And uh, if you can come up with a little way to separate them uh, from some of their hard-earned money, then uh, that's the capitalist way. So go for it. Don't be mad at the tourists. Figure out how to make some money. All right, so there we go. we got some things coming up. I've had several people uh, talk to me about the uh, the walk, the Hill Country Rally for Jesus, which is going to be tomorrow. That's going to start at 10 o'clock at the courthouse in, uh, in, in Kerrville, at the courthouse in Kerrville. The Hill Country Rally for Jesus is going to start at the courthouse in Kerrville at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, and they're going to go to Louise Hayes Park Plaza. And uh, so uh, that is a nice little walk, not too far at all. Uh, I double-checked it to make sure that this wasn't some, you know, 10K, you know, walk or something like that. So it's not that far but uh, Hill Country Rally for Jesus. Um, and uh, so gather yourselves tomorrow at the courthouse in uh, Kerrville at 10 o'clock and uh, join uh, folks to uh, walk to Louise Hayes Park. Um, by the way, I want to say, you know, for, uh, for goodness, uh, you know, I've been on the air here a little over four, four years and for probably up until about a few months ago, um, I had quite a few people that would text me on my cell phone during the program, and I would get your text, and I would see it, and especially if it was correcting me or if it was uh, filling in a name where my brain had left that name out, um, I appreciated that. Well, I got a new phone about three or four months ago. I went from the um, uh, uh, slave-made uh, Apple product to, well, I don't know. I can't say that my uh, uh, Galaxy Note 9 wasn't made by a slave, but I know the Apple products are. Um, so anyway, I am away from Apple products now. But and uh, in learning how to set up my phone, I have struggled with trying to get my notifications of texts onto my uh, lock screen. I think I may have fixed that. So if you texted me in the last three or four months during the program or two or three months and I didn't reply or didn't respond to your text, please, it wasn't anything personal. It was uh, just me being a 64-year-old who can't figure out how to use uh, when he switches phones. So I've got it figured out now, and my wife texted me uh, yesterday evening several times, and the texts do show up. So I am uh, back in contact with those of you who know my uh, cell number. And by the way, if you don't, it is not that hard to find. Uh, root through some of your old Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletters. Uh, maybe even go to fredericksburgteaparty.org. I'm pretty sure my phone number appears in a whole bunch of places. So, But I'm going to make you root around for it. Um, and uh, so that... Um, yeah, give me a call if I get something wrong. Let's see what else is happening in the Hill Country Tuesday. The City Council, Fredericksburg City Council is going to be meeting. And, of course, they want to, um, you know, they, they think we need uh, some kind of welfare housing in Fredericksburg that uh, the poor people here, we're just not treating them right. And so, 
you know, besides uh, the, the, the groceries they're getting from the state and the federal government and what other uh, benefits they may be receiving, the city of Fredericksburg just feels like, well, we got to buy them all a house, too. we got to pitch in and provide for them a place to live. Folks, <laughs> housing, supplying housing is not the role of government. We may have grown into that so that some, even some of my conservative or Republican friends say, well, Matt, we got to do something. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, we don't. No, we don't. Well, you know what? The one thing is we need to do, we need to return to, we need to return to self-governance. That's what we need to do. We need to return to the ideas of the founding of this country. We need to return to the ideas of a helping hand, a hand up, not a hand out. So, um, yeah, you want to attend the uh, City of Fredericksburg City Council meeting next Tuesday at 9. I can't attend, and most of the people that work for a living in, in, in Fredericksburg who's who, you know, this uh, this charity or whatever you want to call this public housing authority, whatever they want to do, hand out housing, uh, the people who this will affect the most, they can't even be at the meeting because they're working. All right? They're working. So I, I we're not going to we're not going to quit on this. Um the, the, when the city council moved their city of uh, Fredericksburg city council moved their meetings to Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. It was just a poke in the eye. It is a poke in the eye of every working citizen in the in Fredericksburg. And so um, I think you need to remember that next time it comes to voting for city council or for your uh, mayor. And, um, you know, that's true for every town. If your city council meets in the middle of the day, in the middle of the work day, then I'm telling you they're really not concerned about the workers in uh, their city they don't want to hear your voice they're not interested in hearing it um but before then monday night at Dietert center in uh in in uh, kerrville is going to be the kerr county patriots are going to be meeting that's monday night at six o'clock um always good meeting and uh they're going to be having some uh, local issues they're going to be talking about as well as a wrap-up of the 88th legislative session and um, we're going to give you some words of wisdom before we uh, take a break. And then uh, when we get back, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the 88th and the special session. Um, here we go. Some words of wisdom from Ben Franklin. Ben says, uh, man's tongue is soft and bone doth lack. Yet a stroke therewith may break a, main, a man's back. Man's tongue is soft and bone doth lack. Yet a stroke therewith may break a man's back. Um, yeah, that is so true. Folks, y'all stay tuned, and uh, we will be right back. 100% text on He's 100% Texan. <laughs> Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. Next time the Hill Country Patriot.
right, we are back. Oh, it was sad that it break your heart to hear uh, AC Cantu talk about the uh, end of the peach season. Man, I warned you. I told you about a month ago when they came out. I said you better go grab them while you can. They're going to disappear. And um, I have to tell you that I know that uh, some of the uh, woo had to get a big sneeze out of there. My apologies. Um, one of the uh, I know that they will um, that they will consider and not just consider. But uh, most of the peach sellers will bring in out-of-town, out-of-state peaches. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I want my peach fix as much as the next guy. Um, I just uh, appreciate it when they make it very clear that those are not local peaches. And uh, be very careful when you're driving to Austin or San Antonio and you see an intersection there and, and there's a, a, a pop-up stand, and it says Fredericksburg Peaches. Yeah, whatever. Um, be careful there. But, uh, yeah, um, it's probably the end of the peach season. I'm going to try some peach butter this year. I haven't done that yet. But, anyway, that's not important. Um, Governor, Governor, Governor Greg Abbott makes a good on a veto promise over the legislator's property tax impasse. Don't know if you were aware of this, but about three days ago when uh, the uh, Senate still uh, was not uh, looking at uh, the House bills on property tax relief that the governor wanted, um, the uh, Senate has uh, said, we don't want those. We want to negotiate, and uh, but there's no one to negotiate with, and so... The Senate appears to be letting this legislation from the House d- die. So what does Governor Greg Abbott does? He says, well, you know what I'm going to start doing? If y'all don't come to the table and negotiate, I'm going to start vetoing some of your bills, which, you know, I'm. it almost, I don't know, does that sound childish to you? <laughs> does that sound childish to you? I mean, we, our legislatures met from January 10th up until a couple of weeks ago to the end of May, um, worked hard on all of these bills. There were a lot of bills, a lot of priorities they did not get to. I'm very disappointed in this legislative session. We did have some victories, but it all, all of that aside, that's not what I'm talking about now. All of that aside, if those bills, bills that made it all the way through, even some that were just really un- Oh, what would you call them? Uncontroversial um, bills like that um, that passed all the way through, and they get to Governor Abbott's desk, and he looks at the bill, and let's see, I've got a bill number down here. One of them, one of the bills he uh, vetoed, uh, Senate Bill 1998, and the Texas Tribune calls that an uncontroversial piece of legislation that would have made changes to tax rate calculation forms for property taxes all right so um that was one of three bills that on thursday that would be yesterday um abbott just said well if y'all aren't gonna play ball i'm gonna veto these bills all these bills so far he's vetoed i believe the majority of them have been written by paul bettencourt uh senator bettencourt has a lot of power in the house um, being one of the senior uh, uh, senators there and um, is a leader in the Senate. And uh, these are his bills. And, um, 
I get this is just Abbott saying, nope, if you don't want to play ball, if you don't want to play ball, then I'm just going to veto your bills. And uh, he's done eight vetoes, and I believe he's got a handful left. He's said uh, he's going to give them till Sunday night, which, by the way, is the deadline for when the governor can sign or not sign a bills. So let's talk a little bit about that. When a bill finally reaches the governor's office, there are two things he can do, but there are three possible results. Uh-huh. Did you hear that? Well, I'll take that back. There are three things he can do, three possible results. I knew that didn't sound right. He can either sign the bill and say, yay, I signed the bill, it's law. Or he can say, I veto the bill. Don't like it, I veto it. Now, obvious, if it's already got those two-thirds votes um, from both the Senate and the House, I, I think he can veto it, but they it's real easy for them to pass it again. Um, I'm not Actually, I'm not too sure on that rule in uh, Texas. Um, I, I'm not too sure on that. But um, he can veto any bill he wants to, I believe, even those that passed with uh, that two-thirds majority that it would take to override the veto. Um, and so he can sign it and go, yay, or he can veto it and say, boo, or he can just ignore it. Now, here's the misunderstanding that I ran across with, uh, uh, with a listener yesterday who said, well, if he doesn't sign it, that's the same as vetoing it, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. It is, um, if he doesn't sign it, it goes into law. The governor does not have to sign a bill for it to become law. All right. Now, he can veto it, and then it doesn't become law. Right. But if he doesn't sign it, it still becomes law. And so there is a way for the governor to subtly send a message. Plus, out of the thousands of bills that he's got to look at, it may just be a practical sense thing to say, well, no, I'm going to sign these. I'm going to have a ceremony and sign these bills. And that's what they do. They have ceremonies. And I've had several friends who have been invited to signings of bills and uh, because of their work during the session to get a bill passed. And I think that's pretty cool. Even though I'm not a big fan of Abbott's, um, if he called me up and said, Matt, uh, you put a lot of work into this bill. I'm going to sign it. Would you come up and stand with me? I would be proud to do so. So uh, even though I'm not a fan of Governor Abbott, and during the last primary did everything I could to make sure he wasn't our candidate, but uh, he still was, and yep, I went and voted for him. Um, so the governor, getting back to, um, he has threatened the Senate and said, if y'all don't get these bills signed, if y'all don't uh, get these bills to my desk by Sunday, if y'all don't get this, uh, no, this is not special session bills. If y'all don't get this special session bill to my desk by Sunday, um, I'm, I'm going to just start vetoing some of your bills at the last minute. I personally, I think that's childish. Um, I don't think he's going to veto any very big or important bills. Um, which I guess I'd have a little more respect for him if he was, if he's going to play this silly game. Why just you know trip him up? Why not take him out at the knees, right? I, it it's almost like he wants to play the game, but is not really serious about it. 
Um, but all of this, I think, in the end is just childish. Um, these bills made it through, so either sign them or don't sign them. But don't threaten people with a veto, uh, Governor Abbott. And uh, by the way, uh, the uh, Dade Phelan is nowhere to be found. Uh, this was uh, the last article, um, the last paragraph in an article on the uh, Texas Tribune uh, that came out uh, yesterday, um, yesterday afternoon. And uh, it is entitled, Governor Greg Abbott Makes Good on Veto Promise over legislators' property tax impasse. So get down to the last paragraph. And, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan in the Senate wants to negotiate with um, with uh, Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, um, but uh, nobody can find Dade. <laughs> All right? Nobody can find Dade. He is uh, not around uh, and... Uh, so um, I think they probably ought to go check the uh, surf out down there near where he lives because, you know, it was a few weeks ago he was talking about couldn't wait to get down to the beach, go surface, surface. It's really easy for me to say to go surfing and fishing. That would be, uh, would that be surfing and fishing? Um, there you go. That's what he's at. If y'all want to find him, negotiate with him, Lieutenant Dan, um, just seems like a whole bunch of children up there playing games, doesn't it? Seems like a whole bunch of children playing games. and uh, But we keep voting for them, and you and I keep electing them. You and I, the Republican Party, we keep putting these same maroons in there. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. He doesn't just complain into a microphone. Blah, 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 blah. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. <laughs> We are back. It's a Friday. <clears throat> this is uh, the Hill Country Patriot. You're listening to your information station at FM 104.3 and 102.1 on your FM dial in your pickup truck. And um, that is not the only way to listen. In fact, uh, the last few mornings, the atmospherics, um, and this happens on really thick, hot mornings, um, and that... Uh, where the radio signals just get all messed up. Actually, it's kind of interesting because in some cases, uh, it's called the skip, I think is what they call it. In some cases, we've got people who've never been able to pick up this station who are actually maybe running up and down their dial going, whoa, I've never heard this station before because it is skipping up and out further. Um, and so those of us are in close, uh, you're getting some weird atmospherics in the uh broadcasts if you're listening on your terrestrial uh, uh, signal. Um, so switch over to hillcountrypatriot.com and you can listen online. And there's no atmospherics there, no atmospheric issues there. The only issue there is uh, do you have connectivity? Um, in fact, my family, uh, my mom is in Ireland right now and probably, probably sitting at the kitchen table in her wee little house in uh 
um, in Castle Rock, Northern Ireland, and listening um, on the interwebs, on the internet. Maybe she has some friends there. Maybe my, maybe Rush or 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 uh, uh, Jet, uh, my two nephews, or maybe Vance and Willie are sitting there having some afternoon uh, tea and biscuits. And if they are, I hope you're having a nice visit. And uh, they're over there to play golf. Uh, and so, um, and I think my mom was like, oh, yeah, my mom's there too. So they're going to go by and visit her. Um, but uh, they're, uh, the, my brother and his family are over in Ireland right now. And they are listening online as you can too. So anywhere in the world. And when the atmospherics are getting all crazy, just tune us in on your smart device. Um, you know, I mentioned a website uh, about a year ago when it came out, maybe a year and a half. Uh, I lose track of time here. Uh, there's a website came out called Current Revolt. And I warned you then, I told a lot of you, I said, this isn't for everybody. Um, it is a conservative bent, uh, without a doubt. Um, it is much younger people than you and I are in charge of this um, site. And so... Their um, their whole attitude, uh, they're still conservatives, but their attitude and the way they talk and the way they write um, and the way they bring the news is uh, completely different from those of us who are, uh, you know, sextagenarians or septagenarians or octogenarians or nonagenarians like my friend out there, Glow. Uh, good morning, Gloria. I hope you're getting ready for a good weekend. And her sister, Flo. Um so um, it is a different website, and uh, it's not for everybody. But CurrentRevolt.com um, has a uh, there's a there's an article there called the 88th Session Recap for Dummies, um, and I, and I went over there and looked at that this morning, and I and I just loved this article um, because it starts out by saying you know there are many boring recaps floating around. And that is true. There are good, and and I have had the guests on uh, for recaps of the legislative session. I'm still working on uh, the human smuggling uh, folks. Uh, Jaco, um, oh man, I can Jacko, Jacko. Um, I can never. They got the weirdest name. I'm still working on getting them on the air. We've had a couple of hits and misses um, on trying to get them on the air. I want to get them on for a recap. And I'm also uh, trying to get uh, uh, Representative Patterson on for a recap. That has been more difficult than I thought it would be. But Patterson is the representative who uh, authored and pushed through House Bill 900 on the books in uh, our school libraries. And I really want to talk to him about that bill um, I'm not getting anywhere. If anybody out there has a connection to Patterson that's better than mine, do me a favor, call his office and tell him to go on to the Matt Long show. All right. I, I'm not sure why, why, why they don't want to come to the radio with me or if, if it's just a matter of logistics, I'm not getting through to him. But, um, anybody out there has any push on, uh, Patterson, um, get him to uh, get in touch with me. So, all of that to get back to the article by Current Revolt, 88th Session Recap for Dummies. Um, and uh, there's a lot of this um, I can't read to you. I, I don't even want to read it to you. Um, but uh, I, I recommend uh, that you go check it out. Um, one of this, uh, one of the uh, um, things he talks about in there is that our border security was all fake. 
that everything that came across on border security was fake, that it was really nothing real, even the one that we were kind of all planting our hopes on, House Bill 20, then turned into House Bill 7. Folks, that that bill was never the greatest uh, border security bill, um, and uh, but it still fizzled out. And then, uh, of course, uh, the one uh, we talked with um, we talked with Sheena Rodriguez last week about the bill coming out of the special session. Which, of course, if the Senate doesn't sign it, if the Senate continues to play uh, these silly games with the governor, then it won't matter. But that bill, all it did was just, you know, change the uh, change the punishment for human smuggling. Um, and it did allow them to stack those charges, making for longer sentences. And, you know, I asked Sheena about that. I just said, Sheena, that uh, all that sounds like is that, you know, it's, so it's just increasing the penalties. And I've never met a criminal that said, well, if it was only 30 days, I would do the crime. But if it's uh, 90 days, oh, man, I ain't going to do the crime. I I do not believe that criminals believe or think that way. In fact, I know criminals don't think that way. Because there was a time in my life I was a criminal. All right? So I'm telling you, it, it, it's it, no criminal ever plans on getting caught. So um, so anyway, this also, so Senate Bill 1900, another kind of a, a, a hoax bill. Um, but it, where a lot of people are happy with that, we designated the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Well, what does that do? All that does is adds in uh, different Texas codes and criminal procedures. All right, all it does is puts three words: foreign terrorist organization next to the words criminal street gang. That that's all it does. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that believe that, okay, well, once it's named a foreign terrorist organization, then that opens the doors and the abilities for the state of Texas to follow other laws to go down and enforce the border. And if you're still, if you're still thinking that way, whatever it is you're smoking, I want some. All right. Um, our governor has had the complete and total ability for as long as this invasion across our southern border, across the Rio Grande has been going on, our governor has had the ability, the physical ability, the legal ability to go down and repel invaders into the state of Texas. But he's chosen not to do that. And as much as I hate to say it, as much as Ken Paxton is in all of our discussions these days, I want you to know that before all of this impeachment on Ken Paxton, before all of this craziness, and it is, I think it's completely inappropriate that they're bringing these charges against Paxton right now, but I told you before all of this started, and I'm going to repeat it now, Paxton was one of the biggest holdups for allowing the governor to go defend our border you heard me right and and don't take my word for it go back dig around go find some articles they've got a lot of good sources out there you don't have to get too far in the way back machine to find the articles where ken paxton has said look 
we don't have a right to protect our border, and he points to the Arizona Supreme Court law uh, 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 ruling. All right, so as much a piling on and as much sympathy as folks are trying to get for Paxton right now, and I, yes, this, this, uh, this whole, all these charges, these were dead wrong. All right, this was not the time or the place to bring this impeachment. All right, and so everybody's out there defending Paxton, but when it comes to our border, folks, Paxton, Ken Paxton was one of the biggest um, barriers to allowing us to put barriers up on the our on the Rio Grande. So, I I, I suggest go to Kurt Revolt, check out their eighty eighth session recap for dummies. Um, if you haven't been to Current Revolt yet, um, I've warned you, it's not for everybody, and so therefore, if you go there and you don't like it, then don't go back. But don't get mad at me for telling you about it, all right? I, I get a little bit of a grin every time I go to Current Revolt. Y'all stay tuned, folks. Uh, I'm going to bring you something out of uh, the Founder's Bible when we get back and uh, bring us down a little bit on a Friday afternoon. Y'all stay tuned. Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. A little Zeppelin to... Uh, to uh, to shut us down on a Friday morning, man. I said afternoon just a second ago, and um, yeah, it is still morning. Um, unless you're in Northern Ireland, then it's afternoon. And um, but anyway, so let me tell you just uh, how my brain works. It probably works just like yours. Um, it, it, it gets it goes all kinds of places in every direction all the time. And I hope it does. I hope your mind is active. And uh, something I was reading, listening to, seeing yesterday, and I was in—I was not in good shape yesterday afternoon. I had a little surgery on my face, and so um, I was uh, just laying around feeling sorry for myself, and eh, not feeling sorry for myself, taking advantage of having a big old scar on my face, so I can sit back on the couch and go, "Whoa, is me." Um, but anyway, and so I'm thinking, and something I was listening to, reading something. And it just dawned on me that the nature of man never changes. It hasn't changed. And uh, then I said, well, that's a good theme for tomorrow. Uh, the nature of man never changes. And then I got to thinking, you know, that's right out of Ecclesiastes. And I started reading in Ecclesiastes, and it's like, you know, I. And so this whole uh, nature of man never changes uh, sermon um, actually uh, kind of got sort of slowly replaced. And I ended up in Ecclesiastes. And if you have the Founders Bible with you, and I'm hoping we have some of those at the next meeting. Um, if not, it'll be the next the Tea Party meeting coming up soon. Um, I hope we have some more to sell those to you. We sell those at our cost, which is a pretty good discount over what you can order them on online. Um, but they have uh, not been able to print the Founders Bible for several months because of a paper shortage. 
And so, therefore, we haven't had any. But I ended up in Ecclesiastes, um, and uh, I decided, you know, a way to close out this would be to read you an article that uh, Tim Barton wrote uh, for Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 and 3 and 8. And uh says here in the 1770s, the Reverend John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg pastored two churches in Woodstock, Virginia. One was an English-speaking Episcopal church, and the other was a German-speaking Lutheran church. He was also a member of the Virginia legislature. In January 1776, he was attending the legislative session in Williamsburg, and war with Great Britain was looming on the horizon. Boston had been blockaded by the British Navy. Charleston burned. Lexington and Concord attacked. Public stores of gunpowder seized in Virginia, and the Battle of Bunker Hill fought. He returned home from the state capital to his churches, and on January 21, 1776, stood in his pulpit and delivered what was to become his farewell sermon. He recounted the crisis then facing America, reminding them how America had been founded in pursuit of religious and civil liberties and that they were now in danger of losing those liberties. He concluded with these words. In the language of Holy Writ, there was a time for all things, a time to preach and a time to pray, but those times have passed away. Then In a loud voice, he pointed to verse 8, declaring, There is a time to fight, and that time has now come. He then bowed his head and offered a dismissal prayer, but instead of following his usual custom of going off to the vestry room after his sermon, he began to disrobe in front of the congregation. When he finally shed his clerical robes, He stood before them in the full uniform of a military officer. He descended the pulpit, weapons in hand, and marched to the back of the church, reminding his parishioners that if they did not get involved and protect their liberties, they would have no liberties left to protect. Outside the church, Peter Muhlenberg, Pastor Muhlenberg, ordered a drummers to beat for recruits. Some 300 men from his two congregations joined him that day, becoming the 8th Virginia Regiment. Muhlenberg went on to become one of America's highest-ranking military officers, finishing the revolution as a major general, one of only 19 officers in the Continental Army to achieve that rank. He participated in the major battles of Brandywine, Germantown, Monmouth, Stony Point, and Yorktown. And if you're, and if you tour Valley Forge today, you can still see the Muhlenberg barracks, the small cabins built by his parishioners in their attempt to survive that brutal winter. In the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol, Pastor Muhlenberg appears on horseback alongside George Washington and his other generals in the massive painting of the surrender of the British at Yorktown. He is also one of the select group of individuals who has been honored with an individual statue at the U.S. Capitol. Peter had a brother who was also a minister, the Reverend Frederick Augustus Muhlenberg, pastor of a church in New York City. Frederick was critical 
of his brother's involvement and strongly opposed what Peter had done, telling him, You would have acted for the best if you had kept out of this business from the beginning. I now give you my thoughts in brief. I think you are wrong in trying to be both soldier and preacher together. That was what um, uh, the Reverend Frederick Muhlenberg, brother of Peter Muhlenberg, that's what uh, he sent to his brother, saying, uh, you were wrong. But uh, Peter replied to his brother with some strong thoughts of his own. He said, I'm a clergyman, it is true, but I am a member of society as well as the poorest layman, and my liberty is as dear to me as to any man. Shall I then sit still? Heaven forbid it. I am called by my country and its defense. That cause is just and noble, and so far I am from thinking I act wrong. I am convinced it is my duty so to do, and duty I owe to God and my country. Peter understood that if he did not get involved, he could not protect what was important to him. Frederick, however, was unconvinced. But in 1777, the British arrived in New York City. Of the 19 churches in the city, they burned 10 to the ground. Now, here's what strikes me. There were only 19 churches in uh, New York City. I guess they could all get along um, because I think we've got like 38 or 39 churches in Fredericksburg. All right, I got, got, got a little sidetracked there. But in 1777, the British arrived in New York City. Of the 19 churches in the cities, they burned 10 to the ground. They also drove Frederick from his own church and desecrated the building. Frederick thus found himself rethinking his position. Ah, this is the brother who uh, didn't like that, uh, didn't, didn't think we should get involved. Huh. He was the pastor that said, no, we need to stay out. Politics and religion don't mix. But what did they do when the British arrived in New York City of the 19 churches in the city? They burned 10 to the ground. They also drove Frederick from his own church and desecrated the building. Frederick thus found himself rethinking his position. And like his brother, he too decided to get involved. He became a significant political leader in Pennsylvania and then was elected the first Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, where he was instrumental in framing the Bill of Rights. In fact, his signature is one of the only two that appears on that document. A large painting of him hangs in the Speaker's lobby of the U.S. House in honor of his role as America's first Speaker. These two pastor brothers were instrumental in helping America secure both its civil and religious liberties, understanding that there is indeed a time to fight. Oh, my goodness, I wish I had another half hour. I could go on preaching on this one. He, he, he didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to get involved until they came after him. Wow. How, is that what it's going to take? You know, we hear that story over and over and over and over again. 
that until it starts to hurt you, you're going to stand back. You don't want to get involved. You don't want to get engaged. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to your house and it burns your building down, whether metaphorically or actually physically, then it's like, oh, I guess I should get involved. What are you afraid of? What is your fear? Why are you not involved? Why why are you not engaged? I, I have a meeting with uh, someone on Tuesday after I get off the air um, who, had a, who, who sent me a really good question. They said, Matt, <laughs> why are you still doing this? Why are you still doing this? And uh, because it just seems like the conservatives in the Hill Country are just losing battle after battle and that we're getting put back time after time. We're also winning time after time. We're also winning some places. But um, we have a lack of participation by Christian conservatives in the Hill Country. And I'm doing my best and have been, but it is still seems to be this point where well, you know, Matt, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm all with you. I'm, I'm with you. I support you, what you do. But, you know, I, I can't get out there and speak up because, you know, I'm a business owner here in town. And if I, if I raise a ruckus, if I go stand up against the city and if I go, if I go get engaged and if I go do these things, you know, some people at my congregation may not be happy with me. Some of my uh, uh, constituents may not be happy with me. But oh, how Mr. Frederick Muhlenberg changed his mind when they came and desecrated his church until it hurt him. So, you going to wait until you're in pain? Or do you want to get involved and get engaged? You know, I'll tell you what. Monday we'll have Angela Smith in here, and um, we'll be talking about how to get engaged and how to get involved. In the meantime, be nice to the tourists. Have a great weekend. Eat some peaches before they're gone, and we'll see you on Monday. KRNH HD2.